0: Greetings everyone, welcome to episode 48. We are almost to 50, 48 of Teaching Tales, the podcast totally devoted to sharing stories from the world of education. Once again, I am Brent Coley, your host, elementary principal in Southern California. And joining me tonight as we're recording in the evening, I'm on the West Coast, Brian is on the East Coast. Joining me is Brian Costello. Brian, how are you tonight? I am doing great, and thanks so much for uh, for inviting me to come on tonight. Absolutely, I am looking forward to this chat. We've we've this is the first time we've ever spoken uh, virtually, never met in person, but on Twitter, uh, I've had some conversations. And for anyone who is not familiar with with you and your work, give uh, give listeners, give my mom and dad because I know at least they're listening. Who who is Brian Costello? What does Brian Costello do? Uh, so
1: I am a digital innovation specialist, which is a really, really fancy way of saying that I, um, I work on integrating technology and digital, uh, digital tools into lessons and curriculum, but I get to work with kids. So I'm kind of like a tech coach who, whose main focus is to work with kids, but then I also work with teachers. so that's been my job for the last two years. Before that, I worked uh, as a kindergarten, first and second grade teacher, different years, different different ages, but moved around a lot at a really small school um, out here in southern New Jersey. Uh, so like I said, on the East Coast, um, I've been <clears throat> teaching for, wow, when you stop remembering how many years it is, it's kind of like, when you have to stop and think about it, it's like 11 years, uh, plus a handful of years as a, an aide and a... Um, and aid and when i went back and got my teaching degree um, i've written a couple of children's books chapter books uh will mcgill series and just finished uh, putting out a book called the teacher's journey uh i host the podcast by the same name and my parents are also the listeners to that that so uh <laughs> you know i think we have that in common you know we have we have a handful of listeners and they include our parents for sure that's right uh, and yeah i love teaching i love playing with technology and and bringing it to kids and showing them what they can do um i used to work with young young kids now i work with middle schoolers Uh, i find them to be very much the same uh, (laughs) in a lot of ways um and yeah i just i love to share i love to help people uh and you know that's kind of how i ended up where i am at this point
0: (laughs) very cool very cool well i'm excited because you mentioned your book the teacher's journey which in just kind of reading the little synopsis of it is you're sharing stories of the teacher's journey, which hence, hence the name. And that's kind of the story that when we talked about, well, what kind of stories would you like to share on teaching tales? You said, how about I share my story of kind of how I got into teaching and then how I almost got out of teaching just as quickly. And that is a very intriguing story. Um, so, the floor is yours go ahead yeah so
1: um i went to college and and i'm amazed so i talked to a lot of teachers and one of the things that i know in the book is about how there's a lot of people who knew they wanted to be a teacher from the moment they like from the time they were little they they know the whole time um they just knew they were going to be a teacher i had no idea what i wanted to be when i was 18. i went to college with the idea that i was going to go play soccer and learn stuff and i i don't regret that at all but i also didn't even go to a school that had an education program so i got out of school when i became a financial advisor which i hated uh <laughs> my fiance at the time says you like kids why don't you go be a substitute try it out so i i um went back to where i went to elementary school and i talked to the superintendent there um and he set me up with a, like a permanent sub like a building sub job where I'd be in the building every day. Mm-hmm. The first day of school, I go in the building and nobody's absent. So it's not like I need to cover any classes. And they're like, well, here's what you're going to do. You're gonna stand in the hallway and tell kids where to go. I've only been in this building for about eight seconds. So I don't even know where the kids are supposed <laughs> to go. Uh, and then, and then, you know, the so kids are crying. The like kids, first, first grade kids are crying. They don't know what's going on. They're like, I don't know where I'm supposed to go. I'm like, go that way. <laughs> just pointing, point, go, go down that way. You'll find the teacher. They'll help you out. Like, um, and then, then I unpacked books and delivered them to the classrooms. And I, I remember leaving there on the dead day and you would think like directing traffic and unpacking books and dropping them off in classrooms would be the worst day ever. And I could not possibly imagine wanting to go be and do anything else with my life. I'm like, I am going to be a teacher. This is where I've got to be what do I have to do to make it happen? I had an awesome principal who put me in a lot of good positions to learn and help me figure out how I could get myself on the path to, to getting there. Um, I didn't get a job in that district I ended up getting a job in another district, which I thought I think was best for me because it gave me a lot of opportunities to to kind of develop myself and who I am. But in that first year, uh, you know, I almost ended up not being a teacher uh, after that first year. So it was really, um, Really wild, in so to speak. So, um, I got hired to teach kindergarten, and most of my classroom experience was with uh, second grade. So, the only class- classroom time I'd spent in kindergarten was as a as a one on one aid for a kid that basically was only in the school district long enough for us to document why he shouldn't be in the school district. Hmm. Uh, that's that's pretty much what my job was: was to make sure he didn't hurt anybody make sure he didn't hurt himself and make sure he didn't get lost and document all the things that happened so that they could, um, you know, get him to the appropriate place for him that would help him the most. And that was my job for like the first four weeks that I worked, like they actually had a permanent like setting. That was the only time I'd spent in kindergarten. So I went into kindergarten and I was like, Oh man, I'm going to be the best thing that's ever happened to these kids. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to be amazing. I spent three years learning how to teach in classrooms like I have so much more experience than the average person who comes out of a, like a teaching program because I've spent all this time in classrooms learning. I walked in there and I closed the door and I'm like, as soon as I closed the door, like some people feel like awesome, this is amazing. I feel so relieved, and I felt terrified because I realized at that, that moment I had absolutely no idea what I was really doing, and I couldn't let anybody know. Uh, and I think that's one of the things that is really difficult as new teachers is we um, we shut ourselves in the room, we shut ourselves in the classroom. We don't tell people when we need help because we're afraid they're going to think that we don't know what we're doing, or we didn't deserve the job, or we didn't. We don't know. We, we don't, we shouldn't, we don't belong there or, you know, the parents are going to find out or, or God forbid, the kids are going to find out. Right. Like, so, um, we don't mention that we don't know what we're doing and we just try to figure it out. So I spent a lot of that year trying to figure it out. And and when you get to school, you're assigned a mentor, right. And typically schools, for the most part, they, um, they assign mentors and the mentors they assign are just like your grade level partner, uh, or, you know, a veteran teacher who happens to work, near you and yeah. so i was assigned um this woman and i did not teach the way she taught like that wasn't gonna fit for me if like, we weren't going to be we weren't going to mesh as teachers and, you know like we just didn't have the same styles the same personality she was a wonderful person very kind she would talk to me about her family we talked a lot about things but about teaching in the classroom. Not a lot. Like we didn't talk a lot about that. Yeah. She gave me, she gave me her resources. She gave me her, her stuff. She showed, she like, she gave me the the rundown of like, here's a few things you need to know how to do. Like, here's how you turn in lesson plans. Here's how you, um, you know, here's the things you need to know when you're signing in. Here's how you order lunch. If you want it, like that kind of stuff that yeah. you do need to know, but is inconsequential in terms of, really making a difference in a classroom and so I spent a lot of time trying to figure things out on my own um but like I said before I had this like this like delusion that I was going to be amazing right away and uh I, I kind of held that in my head even when I realized that I wasn't um and so I um I remember there was a there was a a moment where like my kids used to come in their kindergartens. They'd have a snack and they'd bring snacks in. And I'd had snacks there for them also because a lot of kids didn't have snacks. Um, and it was like till 10, 30, 11 o'clock in the morning. Five-year-old girl takes out a king-sized candy bar. <laughs> She's like, this is my snack. And I said, nope, you can bring that to lunch. You're not going to have that right now. That's not that's not going to happen. Um, and she had a total meltdown started crying i'm like i'll give you i'll give you a snack i have all i have a couple different choices you can try it whatever total meltdown me being a new teacher me having like several kids in the classroom who were prone to having meltdowns especially when others were having meltdowns i just was like all right you're gonna go take a walk to go down with the aid calm down the you know go down to the the office and and take this with you and when by the time you finished it you can come back she goes out of the office, she comes back a few minutes later, Calm down, sits down at her desk, takes out her candy bar and starts eating it. I'm like, what are you doing? Oh, well, well, it's my snack. I'm like, And she was like, I, and they said I could have it. I'm like, well, no, I just said that you could have that at lunch. And they're right back into the whole thing. So I sent, I sent her back down with the aid again and apparently there was a miscommunication between myself and the administrator who was working with her and uh she had basically said that she could have that and i had said that she couldn't and i guess there was some sort of miscommunication uh which i then challenged the administrator on like after the like after the during that like the next open period i said well why would you would you tell her she could have that i I told her she couldn't that doesn't make any sense like what would make why would you do something like that basically and she didn't take that very well Uh, it wasn't you know um yeah being questioned and you know pushed back on by a a new teacher is not something that every administrator takes too well so uh about an hour and a half later in my mailbox. So at New Jersey, when you're new, um, you get a, uh, you have to have a regular evaluations. You have get the state evaluations to get your like permanent license instead of your provisional license. So, um, I got one of those evaluations filled back and it was pretty rough. <laughs> it wasn't good. Um, and it, a lot of it was about poor communication skills and, mm. um, that kind of stuff. Basically it reflected what had just happened. Like, it was to me it was really obvious that it was filled out almost immediately after that fact like that, it just was filled out right after that happened and i thought to myself this is absurd how could this like this is an injustice i have been i have been done wrong this is this cannot stand i was like you know i was beside myself and thinking how how could i allow this to stand this is insane this isn't okay with me i'm being wronged here someone is putting on my permanent records a you know something that that isn't correct Mm -hmm. now were there reasons for some of those things that may not have had anything to do with what just happened probably i mean there could have definitely been things like i said i wasn't as great as i had hoped i would be uh and i'll think most new teachers are Mm -hmm. but but in my mind at that moment, all I could see was the injustice that was just done to me because we had had a disagreement, right? Like I just disagreed with her and, and and not even behind completely closed doors, like where people probably had heard it. I mean, we weren't sitting in the middle of the office or the hallway or the lunchroom or anything, but it wasn't like the door wasn't closed. Mm. Uh, and so I'm thinking to myself, I have to like fight this, right? Like I, I can't let this stand. This isn't okay but I didn't know what to do. Right. Like, I mean, as a new teacher, what, what, what recourse did I really have. So, you know, I I went home and I talked to my parents who were both in education. I talked to my wife and I talked to my family. I'm like, what do I do? And my my mom was like, well, who's your mentor teacher? And so I talked about how, you know, she was a good person and we were friendly, but we didn't really see eye to eye. We didn't really talk a lot about school stuff. She's like, well, go talk to her. Well, first she said, do you trust her? And I said, yeah, I think so. You know, I think I trust her pretty well. I don't think that she would turn around and tell, you know, tell everything that I just said to her, to to, to everybody else. So I went in and I talked to her and I said, look, what do I do? (laughs) Like in your experience in working with this administrator, what do I do? And she looked at me and she said, she loves you. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. she really likes you you are one of her favorites right now. Mm. She might not like you right, right now, but she, <laughs> li- like, but she really likes you. And she's going, like, she'll get over this if you let it go. Mm. She said, so whatever is bothering you right now, it's like your best bet is going to be to swallow that, go in there, smile. She says, I have, she had to go in with me for the, the thing. She's not going with you. If you want to fight about it, I'll support you. But look, your best bet is to go in there, smile, sign the paper, say I'll do better and walk out of there and move on. Mm-hmm. And she said two or three weeks from now, she'll forget all about this as long as you let it go. And so I took that advice and I did that. And I'd say about three months later, the it was the when in New Jersey... Um, Right as Chris Christie was uh, elected, so it's been nine years ago now, uh, and he put forth a budget for education that cut out a billion dollars in funding for the state. Um, so districts all over the state were cutting teachers were were raising um, were raising district taxes and cutting teachers left and right just to make ends meet. Uh, and our district was small, and we were at risk of potentially losing five or six teachers out of the 25 or so of us, um, and I would have been number one, right? So that's when uh, it really hit me how important it was that, um, what if I was cut as a first-year teacher, the chances of me getting another job when there are so many other teachers with experience out there who are also looking for jobs at that time would have been so hard. And I spent so long just trying to get to that point that I really thought hard about, am I even going to be a teacher next year? Like if I lose my job this year, am I even going to get to be a teacher next year? And the realistic answer was probably not. Like I was going to have to look at other jobs too. And I went to all the board meetings to hear what all the people were saying. And I, I mean, and This uh, administrator, she was the superintendent and principal, because that's this really small school district, um, happens sometimes in New Jersey. And so she would stand there in board meeting after board meeting, stand up in front of the people in this community and talk about why it was important for us to save the, the positions and the teaching jobs that we had. And she, I mean, she stood up in front of some guy who literally stopped at the school one day to count the number of cars in the parking lot and then go to the board meeting and complain about how many cars were there. And I was like, mm. she put up with hours over the course of maybe five or six meetings of people ranting about the school wasting money and we don't need all the teachers we have. And when I went to school, there were 80 kids in a class and we just sat there and did what we were supposed to do. And like, you know, you know, the things that people will throw at you from you know yeah. 1945 and you think to yourself, I'm going to lose my job because all these people are out here for out for her head. And there she was standing there calmly, intelligently defending the position that I had to keep fighting for my job. And I think back to that moment two or three months earlier that if I had fought with her, if I had tried to make an issue of this one thing that really didn't end up being that big of a deal, how hard would she have really fought for that? one person that one position maybe Mm -hmm. she would have but i could have very easily been out of the school district where i was Mm -hmm. i've been out of of education just like that and all the things that i've done come back to having a great career saving experience with a mentor Mm -hmm. where it wasn't about like her giving me better, giving me her lesson plans, or making me extra copies of her stuff, or even showing me how to do something. It was her experience in that building with that person, knowing who the, who she was, knowing how she handled things, knowing what was going to happen. If I it kind of knowing in advance what well, what would be the case, you know, if she knew, she's like, look, if you just let it go, she will be happy, and mm. she will be happy to you know support you in a week or so, she'll forget all about this. And if you don't, it will come back to haunt you. And when, uh, you know, when she, when she said that I wasn't really sure, but I just, you know, I'm going to trust her on this one. And I did what I did, what she said and as a young kid who was a little headstrong and, and kind of, like I said, thought a lot more probably of myself than I really maybe deserved as a teacher at the time Mm -hmm. um you know i i had to swallow that that pride and that and really learn that that wasn't a battle worth fighting and because i was able to do that because i got that great advice everything else that has happened since then in my career has happened because i didn't fall out of education from the beginning
0: awesome And, and because I mean, as you're telling the story, I'm, I'm thinking back to, excuse me, to my first year of teaching and the person that I was uh, paired with. So Masako Kawase was her name. She's now retired. Um, but she was a godsend. She was a godsend. Um, and as, as you were talking about that, like your mentor, educationally <laughs> you weren't necessarily on the page same page she had a different teaching style but you said just from that you were able to talk to her you were able to bounce ideas off of her in this case of of the evaluation you got and what do you think i should do she was able to give you some sound advice i mean i'm i'm thinking here i wrote down the word encouragement and i wrote down the phrase shoulder to cry on
1: because I think
0: as part of a mentor relationship, oftentimes as a first year teacher, yes, the the lesson plans and the resources, that's important. But so often, I mean, wouldn't you agree, Brian, that you just need somebody to tell you, you're doing okay. (laughs) Or when you bomb that lesson, tomorrow's another day. Or how can, I mean, I, I just think that because teaching is hard, it is a hard, hard, job and i think yes a mentor's job is to is to help guide somebody in terms of the practice but i think equally as important is the um affective side of that the the emotional side of that would you agree yeah one of the things um
1: that I, that i write a bit about and it's something that i pull actually from outside of education when i looked at mentoring and and honestly when i when i used to think about my mentor before i really uh, like thought deeply about mentoring i thought she is just she she was not a mentor like that's basically how i felt about her for a, the longest time yeah and i couldn't have been more wrong about that because what really you know all those other all those things the, the lesson plans the the even the quality instruction those are coaching aspects right like mm-hmm. those are skills you are developing um, that's something that a coach does. Coach will develop your skills. If you and and so for for that purpose, you know, you need that person as a coach, or you need some person as a coach. But you also need people who you can trust. Who, yes, will help you move past things when they go wrong. Who are there to share your 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 triumphs with as well. You need somebody who you can trust, who's got experiences that you don't. And I think that's the real difference in. In bet- between mentoring and, and and coaching and what we miss a lot of times in education is is mentoring is really about differences in experience so um for example you know it's not just uh you know implementing that new new thing in your class it's do I know somebody who recently implemented that thing in their class? What are some things that go wrong? What have they learned from doing that? What experiences can they share with me? Because that's not going to be, you know, that's not something I can read about or watch on YouTube or, you know, research. That's something that I can only learn from connecting with somebody who I trust mm-hmm. because I'm not going to tell them, you know, I'm not going to go to a complete stranger. Uh, most of the time and say you know this is the thing i'm I'm really worried about or this is the thing i'm really having a hard time with uh or even you know this is my my personal struggle my personal life struggle that i can't figure out right now and it's affecting my teaching or it's affecting my life you don't go to the guy the person next to you like you don't go to the person down the hall who you know you borrow pencils from or something like that's not the person who's yeah you go to the person you trust who you know has the experiences you need and when we when we start in teaching you don't know anybody most of the time you know if you're fortunate enough to know some people in your building that helps but you don't know enough to to make those connections to build um to build on them and have people you know having good people that you can go to and say what do i do with this like I want to go back to school and get a master's degree. What do you think about that? Like, And I, so the administrator that I had became a great mentor for me when I went to, wanted to get my um, my administrator degree. She said, well, I can go back and get my doctorate or I can go get a master's. And she said, why do you want your doctorate? I said, well, I always wanted to have a doctorate. She goes, well, what, what are you going to do with it? Yeah. She said, what do you want to do with your career? I said, well, at some point I want to be a principal. And she goes, you don't need a doctor to be a principal. And if you get one beforehand, you're going to get a whole bunch of debt and you're going to get no, you're going to actually be less employable because you're going to cost people more money. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh, well, when you put it that way, I guess it makes sense to spend less money because I can still get to be places where I want to be without, you know, without spending the extra money and, and putting myself at some sort of disadvantage. And so, she gave me a lot of sound advice because of, you know, her experiences and her having been through all of that before and, and been through getting her doctorate. And she said, you know, you'll have plenty of time in your life to get that, Mm -hmm. which was, uh, you know, which was this great, which was great advice because, you know, it's difficult to find a job as an administrator. It's not the easiest thing. And it, you know, it, to have three times the amount of you know loans to pay off without the you know, without the income to support it would have been awful.
0: <laughs> no, and again, as i as you're talking there, you said trust. You have to find somebody you trust, and it's 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 relationships. Just like we are, are, we're tasked to build relationships with the kids. But as a as a beginning teacher, as a newer teacher, or a newer principal, or a newer mm-hmm. or, or whatever it is. Finding that person, that mentor that you can build a relationship and <clears throat> who you trust, like you said, to be able to say like, I don't know what I'm doing type thing. and say that in a way like I, I feel like I'm just drowning here. I'm not and, and say that in, a, in a, a safe environment where like you said, you don't feel like they're gonna quote unquote, rat you out or something like that. And I was just thinking, it's like bedside manner. I mean, I was Karate Kid. I, the, I mean, I was watching the new Karate Cobra Kai thing on YouTube. Too much language in it. However, I, I'm not. I'm not one with all the cussing. I don't like that kind of stuff. But it was entertaining. I will say that. But but the example. So if anyone's seen that, you can you can follow me. But if you haven't, then you can see the original. It's like think of the two masters the two senseis where you got mr miyagi teaching daniel with total relationship total trust and then you got the the mean sensei in the cobra kai dojo who is just berating people up and down the skills you could you could argue are the same in terms of what the the karate knowledge and the karate that they're going to learn but what would you rather what would you rather walk away with? I mean, you don't want to be beaten down every single day. Oh, but I'm going to make you, I'm going to make you better. Is it worth it? Does it doesn't really?
1: Yeah. I mean, does it really at the end? Uh, because can you translate that beyond the skills because yeah. sometimes the skills are just not
0: enough? No, abs- um, abs- absolutely not. And I think, yeah, you, you have to have, if you don't have relationships, if you don't have trust, it doesn't matter how strong your pedagogy is. It doesn't matter how strong cuz if the kids don't trust you, if the kids don't it they're not going to learn from you. So and I think that that we focus on. I think there's a big
1: focus on that with kids, especially young teachers now that they they hear that a lot about the relationships with the kids. But one of the things I think that that we don't spend enough time talking about is our relationships with one another. Yeah. Right? Finding people who who help make you better and surrounding yourself and collecting your good people in your life. And the more good people that you can keep around you. So like one of the things that you, you just mentioned is about, you know, about finding a mentor and having a person and I think to myself, I don't have a person. I have lots of people. Yeah. There are, I have so many people in my corner um, that I have you know collected over the years and you know developed relationships with and I don't always talk to those people all the time but you reach out to them and you just check in with them and remind them that you're you're there and that that you're still part of their you know part of their circle part someone who they can rely on as well and all of a sudden when you find yourself in a situation where their experience is the one you really need you know you can benefit from them. And the same goes the other way. When they might find themselves in a situation where they need you, they know that you're going to be a person that they can rely on. And and that really does matter. Uh, and I think that as we introduce young teachers into the career, and even as teachers grow throughout the profession, one of the things I do talk about in the book is how um, when you get past that beginning stage of teaching where, you're, where people start to actually think you know what you're doing. Mm. That I think is the dangerous part of life for teachers, because that's when people start to give you opportunities to do stuff. And in fact, they give you lots of opportunities to do stuff. And sometimes you do, that's when you start to take on way too much where you haven't really figured out what it is you love or you value, or that you can bring most to, to, you know, your school or your classroom or profession. And that sometimes can, I know for me, it happened where I, I kind of, I took on too much and it took away from what I could do in my classroom. Mm. I didn't know how to say no. And I didn't know what things I really wanted to be involved in and what things I was just saying yes to, because it was nice that people wanted me to do them. And, and so having mentors, having people at every stage of your career, no matter where you are, I mean, even as you're going to retire and transition out of the profession that's a big life change, right? Like, it'd be nice to have some people in your corner who've successfully accomplished that before you walk through those doors Mm -hmm. and say, you know, what do I do now? Like, that's a big deal. So the idea that we only have one mentor, that we only need a mentor at the beginning of our career, those are things that I I hope that people will reevaluate because the value of those developed relationships of having people of, of, being able to call upon the people that, that you have interacted with and developed relationships throughout your career um, and throughout your life, that's that's one of those things that makes you a better person, that makes um, makes you better at your job and also helps you find better, um, better balance in your life, right? Because you don't need to do it all. You don't need to do it alone. You don't need to um, absorb all of it, carry all the burden, do all the things, yeah. right? You can find ways to to do the things you really love and not do the things you don't really let let somebody else do the things that they really love. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, um, just reevaluating the the notion that once we get through the first year or two, we don't need to have mentors. We don't need to have people. Um, you know, and and that it's not just the relationships we build with kids, but with relationships we build with one another as professionals that, that really matter. Uh, in terms of how we get better and how we can give back to each other.
0: No, I, and I agree. I mean, I think for anyone listening, it's like I always try to say, okay, so what's my takeaway from something like this? I think you hit it on the head with with the technology. It's not just one person. It can be with whether it's Twitter, Voxer, stuff like that. The ability to reach out to somebody, like you said, that maybe doesn't even live in your state, but every month every other month every six months you reach out to and you glean a nugget from that person but i'm just thinking i've talked so much about previously just the power of sharing and and what we have and i and i wrote down like be that person for someone else if you are in if you are in your school site and new teachers are coming on board think back to when you were Your first year and how difficult that is and just offer it up don't don't feel like oh geez but i i don't even have it all figured out nobody has it all figured out as soon as you think you have it all figured out you need to quit because nobody will ever have it all figured out but i'm just thinking encourage anyone listening if you've got somebody in your building who is new or newer reach out to them hey can i help you Bounce ideas. If you've got someone new to a grade level, reach out to them. If you've got somebody, I loved your retirement example. It's like, yeah, talk to somebody who's retired who can help walk you through that because that is a that's a big uh, a big life change. And I just think the and even if you're not new, ten years yeah. in the profession, twenty years yeah. in the profession, like I said, we we haven't all figured it out. be be a mentor to each other so yeah and i think the best
1: the best thing you can really do is to to make yourself available uh, because you're not going to fit your your personality your teaching style your just your who you are as a person is not going to be right for everybody Mm -hmm. and that's okay you don't have to be everybody's mentor you don't have to be everybody's somebody right you don't have to be everybody's person but they have to be able to to know there are people there. And so if you're not available, if you don't make yourself available, if you don't make an attempt to open yourself up to that relationship possibility, they're never gonna know. And they won't be able to come to you when they need you. So, you know, it's so it's so easy to just be like, oh, I'm gonna go in and, and do this. And, you know, so-and-so is fine. And they, they, I don't have anything to give them anyway. You never know what what it is they might be looking for or where they are in their career they might need you
0: exactly and it could be as some something as simple as how you doing i mean Mm -hmm. seriously it might be going back to the whole relationship thing and it might be something as everything okay i mean and just just being an ear for them to vent vent to you about the struggles that they're having and and maybe you don't say anything back maybe because sometimes i've had people do that, and they're just like, "Thanks for listening." Like, I didn't want you to solve my problem. I just needed you to listen to me saying, "Like, I've been there." Sometimes I just needed to say it out loud, right? <laughs> sometimes it's, it's the best thing is to hear somebody else saying, "I've been there. You're not alone." Hang in, and, and it gets better. It gets. I'm just gonna say, it gets <laughs> yeah. better. Don't. I mean, you're not the first person to, to do this. I know that doesn't make you feel better right now, but hang in there. It gets better. So.
1: Yeah. I, I'm working with a, a teacher right now who I talk to frequently. He's one of, one of the teachers I work with and he's at the point in his career where he takes on a lot of stuff for the school and he makes a really positive difference with people he works with in the school. And he does so many awesome things, but he does so many things. And I'm thinking to myself, it's okay not to do them all. And, it, and, he's, and, and combine that with the fact that it's been a really difficult year for for the teachers in his group, like the, mm-hmm. the pot of kids that they're working with, they're just they. There's a lot going on there, and they, he's had one of his most difficult years as a teacher, and just a lot going on. And all I've tried. I, I mean, the worst case scenario out of all that is you get you, you develop a friend. You know, like if if you don't develop a good mentor mentee relationship, and even if the mentor mentee relationship is passed, the worst thing that could happen is you develop a friend. Right. So, like, yeah.
0: and some, and sometimes, I mean, I've been blessed by that where the people that I've worked with, at my there, I call them friends because on those yeah. hard days when work stinks and it's really hard, at least you're thinking, but I'm among I'm amongst friends, and that yeah, it makes and it
1: those fun. days happen. You know, they oh, really do. They we happen. don't talk about them enough, but they happen.
0: They happen. It happened today. So (laughs) but that's a story (laughs) for another episode. So, But, hey, Brian, thank you for taking the time. Absolutely. I I hope people have gotten something out of this and are just encouraged to. I think I loved how you said that to put a bow on it. Make yourself available. It doesn't have you don't have to have all the just make yourself available. And speaking of making yourself available, if somebody wanted to reach out to connect with you online, how would they do that? Uh, well, you could
1: reach me on Twitter at btcostello05 um, on bo- Boxer b b c o s t e four hundred three. You can check out my website is costellocorner dot com, and that was a beautiful segue. I got to tell you that was that was that was magic right there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you very much. And and your book is called The Teacher's Journey.
1: Yes. The Teacher's Journey, uh, it's available on Amazon and other places where they sell books. Uh, if there are still other places in the world where books are sold, I'm not sure because I can't remember the last time I bought. I mean, I, there are no good bookstores. Like, I know some places have amazing bookstores. We just don't have those. So <laughs> I don't know if people buy books in other places unless you this. have one of those cool bookstores.
0: That's fine. We, we have a Barnes & Noble near where I live, but most of our books I purchase through Amazon. So. Yeah. That is the place. Well, Brian, again, thank you so much. Um, appreciate you taking the time. Appreciate you sharing. Absolutely. Your and I look That's forward. To, thank you. Yeah, look forward to reading reading your book and and learning more about it. And for everyone listening, thank you. As always, uh, your encouragement helps me want to continue to talk to people and meet people and share their stories. So, thank you. If you haven't already done so, be sure to subscribe. iTunes, Google Play, in Spotify now as well. And as always, I know I say it every week, but um, if you like what you hear, please drop a review. It helps, uh, it helps more people locate the podcast so that we can uh, hopefully make a difference in more educators' lives and careers. So once again, thank you, Brian. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And until next time, have a good one.